Hello and welcome back to the Golden Balls podcast. We have a great show for you as we bring back Mike Mastry and Tawano for part two of our look into the Incidents of Calamity project. Since our initial show, we've cultivated some new data. It paints a pretty fascinating picture, uh, and it's one that I think is ripe for a good debate. So we're going to have that debate, uh, Stro and I, and uh, our conversation is going to start right now. Hey, we are back with our now recurring guest, Mike Mastin Tuano. Stro, how are you doing this fine day? Doing great, Jared. How about you? Can't complain. No complaints whatsoever. All right. So to jump right into it. So we spoke about a, a couple weeks ago now, or just under a couple weeks ago now. And, you know, since then, we've obviously kept looking at this data that we talked about last episode. We've done some deeper dives. So you tell me, what new data have you been able to cultivate? And, uh, and what do you think that data says? What does it all mean? Yeah, since the last podcast, um, we took a much deeper dive into the data and categorized even further uh, than it was before all tallies, values, percentages, and averages. Uh, and of course, their rankings per category um, can all be found on that rankings by category tab um, of the spreadsheet, which I sent the link out to, and I encourage everyone uh, to take a look at. I, I think the most insightful breakdown um, was filtering the stats even further, not only into event by event, um, but also owner by owner. Uh, and furthermore, an intersection of those two, which can be found under a separate tab called event by event slash OBO for owner by owner. Um, at the end of each owner's row is their total calamity points for that event, as well as their percentage of that total number of calamity points in the event overall, which provides an insight, I think, into two things. One, which owners got screwed the most, and two, exactly how bad. And then finally, uh, I gave a Golden Balls Calamity Medal, almost like the Olympics, um, to the first gold, second silver, and third bronze on luckiest performers in each event and tallied up those medals, which can be found at the bottom of the rankings by category tab. Um, this is where you can find really the clearest picture painted of the entirety of Golden Balls Calamity, especially the medal count. Uh, in Olympics, I believe, Jared, that you don't want to win. Uh, I think you all have a good idea how this movie ends, uh, but I'll get back to that in a minute. But yeah, that's our expanded methodology. Okay. And so, uh, you know, last time you kind of intimated that you were the person who was the unluckiest. And, you know, obviously we can see, uh, you know, that you have some data points that certainly bear that out. Um, would you say that the new data that you've uncovered, it just has confirmed what you already thought or has it maybe even exaggerated that more than you originally thought in terms of just how unlucky maybe you have been compared to everyone else well i know that i am biased uh but yes i would like to say that it not only confirmed um but took to another level exactly uh how much i have been fucked over the course of golden okay. now the reason we kind of thought about having this specific uh, podcast quickly after the first one and obviously we still have a number of things we want to get through is that you came across uh, some data, some, some specific pieces of data that kind of blew your mind that were not necessarily uh, against you. So can you tell me what information that was that you found and kind of explain what it means? Um, yeah, so I, I did find a, a couple of what I would consider to be anomalies. 
um, and you can fight me back on this, Jared, push back a little bit. Um, but there were a number of categories um, that I was not first, not even second in. Um, two of those were uh, the average value per injury and suspension. Um, I was third place in that. Um, there's also a category called um, adjusted value per incident. So for every incident that happened, and remember that includes the one-offs plus the injuries and suspensions, which were adjusted based on draft pick as well as uh, the number of games that were missed, um, where by and far away, uh, yes, Jared is first place in that. Okay, so let's talk about the, before we get to the part where uh, where I come in first place, let's talk about that average negative value per injury and suspension first. So correct me if I'm wrong, but this is kind of breaking up the negative events into two chunks. We have our injuries and suspensions versus our like our one-off events. Is that kind of what we're talking about here? Like kind of separating injuries versus the red cards and the own goals? Correct. So own goals, uh, missed penalties, uh, as well as the um, the suspensions following a red card are not included. Uh, but the or, or sorry, the, the suspensions are included, but the red card itself is not. So the one offs are not included in injury and suspension. And so what this data is, is, is essentially telling us is that when it comes to injuries and suspensions, you are in, you know, you're near the top, but not at the top. But when it comes to like the red cards and the own goals, and miss penalties and stuff like that. That's where you have actually found your way to be to significantly more unlucky than anyone else. Is that the idea of it? Uh, the idea of it is that not not only that, but also across the board. And if you look at the average injury and suspension per event, which is the next line over, that's where I do take a commanding lead because it factors in across the board uh, as what well, which includes the. Uh, uh, the World Cups and, and the, uh, uh, the Euros that, for example, like an Abiel wasn't in. Nibs is in first place, but he didn't do any of those. He's only done four events, whereas someone like me who's done 14 events, it factors it all in. So in a vacuum, Nibs has actually maybe had the worst luck. But again, it, it's, a, it's, it's on the smaller events. So we're really, you know, it doesn't quite have that same impact. Yes, and, and I have the data on that. I, I believe, Jared, we agreed we're, we're going to save uh, a peon like him for like a bonus material podcast. Yeah, sure, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. All right, so the other one, and I think the one that we're going to probably spend more of our time kind of addressing and, and hammering down on is, as you said, that adjusted per incident uh, stat. Now, can you just, A, explain a little bit more what that specifically means and what the data has found out about that before we kind of debate what it all means? Sure. So uh, to the left of that adjusted per incident category, you can see adjusted incident value ranking. Right. Um, and we took a total uh, a sum total of all incident adjusted values across all 14 Golden Balls events. Remember, we wanted to more heavily weight uh, the incidents that occurred in like a World Cup or a Euro as opposed to a Gold Cup or a Confederations Cup. And you can see the value ranking there. Again, I'm in first place with 224,000 uh, of those points. That's 25% out of the 912,000. Jared, you're second, et cetera, all the way down the line. And then we took uh, those total number of points per owner and divided them by the number of incidents that they had suffered. Now, remember, this includes not just injuries and suspensions, but also all the one-offs. And you can see, once you got to that adjusted per incident, uh, Jared runs away with that category. All right. So this is where we, when you kind of brought this up, I kind of uh, made the argument that perhaps that because my per incident ratio is so high, that perhaps 
that you were not entirely the unluckiest person that while you do have the those more events and those events do add up to a higher value being so um so impacted by each event might actually be more impactful now we can't necessarily quantify any of that we can't you know without looking at every single event that's ever happened in every single game etc cetera, etc cetera. but i think the the genesis of the discussion that we're going to have deals with how do we uh argue or how do we make sense of kind of congregating all these negative events and looking at these these major 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 instances and to use a soccer example to kind of make my point or to where i'm going to go with this is that my my assertion is that Stro is the equivalent of having like one of your players get or your team maybe in a game get like four or five yellow cards, like adding them up, adding them up, adding up. They're not good. Mine is like that mega red card that happens in like the 15th minute of a game. It's only one event, but it drastically has an impact. And I think we've both actually done a little data searching and a little uh, and a little review of this stuff. So I think that's the debate that we are going to attempt to have. Is it better or, or is it more impactful to have a lot of a lot more events that may be smaller in nature, or is it better to have a fewer number, but a, obviously ones that are far more impactful? So before we kind of get sorry on this, is there anything you just want to add as a broad overview to kind of what this debate is, or did I characterize it appropriately ish? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's you know a good question to ask, although I don't think you're going to like the answer, uh, but but. I feel like giving some context uh, about our particular, um, uh, you know, golden balls experiences might be important here, or I can just go straight to, uh, by all means. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I just, just to break down and, you know, actually I wrote down like a whole little narrative, uh, of, of my golden balls. I'm going to zip through that and pretty much go straight to, uh, to the data points. Um, so, my story obviously begins in 2006, where the legend begins, right? Our inaugural Golden Balls event. It was a World Cup tournament with only four incidents of calamity overall, which only affected me and Jordan. Of course, though, he only had one incident and I had three. <laughs> or sorry, I only had one incident. He had three and he was still far and away. Uh, so I was the gold medalist in this event with 57.1% of the calamity. Remember back to, to the podium thing, right? So I had 25% of the incidents, uh, but more than half of the calamity and the legend begins, right? I followed my debut, um, not with a sophomore slump, uh, but yet another gold medal in the 2010 World Cup. And with even four times as many incidents and more owners for them to be spread around, I got 40.7% of all calamity points. I might have blown my load in the first two events uh, because I got minimal calamity at the next two, nothing in Euro 2012, and I missed the podium at World Cup 2014 with the fourth amount of calamity points. And of course, my Euro 2016 was a bit tame, um, but as we began to expand outward into more events starting in uh, late 2016, it created exponentially more opportunities for me to be fucked, and I wasted no time by winning gold in the Copa America 2016 with more than half the calamity. Uh, I actually won AFCON 2017, obviously, in real life, because AFCON is, well, the tournament for misfits and broken toys. But that weird Twilight Zone episode abruptly ended, and I got back on the horse with a bronze at the Confederations Cup, the only one that we've ever done, and I regained my winning ways in that year's Gold Cup with yet another gold medal. I carried the momentum from the end of 2017 into 2018 with a commanding gold medal finish in the World Cup, 
with more than half of total calamity points. And of course, Jared, I saved the best for last. 2019 was something of a magnum opus for me. Uh, there is not even one person who could possibly compare when it comes to calamity throughout the course of the year and its four tournaments. In the inaugural Asian Cup, it was, of course, nothing but fitting that I topped the podium with yet another gold medal performance. I made it two for two with a first place gold medal in the Gold Cup. And maybe I got a little too, too complacent. I only finished second with a silver in Copa America. Uh, and in AFCON, I only accrued 9.9% of the calamity points because, again, well, AFCON. But that was enough to make the podium as I finished third. Okay? So that's sort of the narrative of what's going on here. Right? And I do have specific uh, uh, data points that I'd like to say. But I, I would like to give you a chance to chime in. All right. So when I was looking at this and I, and I looked at all your data, so I, I looked at two different things. The first is that, again, as you mentioned, that while in those early tournaments, you certainly did uh, did accrue your, your share of bad luck. As you said, in the big tournaments, that has kind of uh, dissipated a little bit. And, and when I was looking at myself, I am looking at a situation where in the first two World Cups, I, you know, I generally speaking uh, did OK. You know, I didn't have any, you know, terrible, terrible things happen. I think in that first World Cup, again, there were very few incidents. I wasn't affected by that. And again, in... Um, World Cup 2010, I actually won that event. And even though I had like the fourth most points, and not that that's a you know, four of six isn't a big deal, but I did have some negative luck, um, et cetera, et cetera. And again, in Euro 2012, I actually came in second with a with the second most calamity, you know, that second biggest effect. So, you know, because I'm going a little unlucky. But as you talked about a magnum opus of in 2019, I would like to point out the, the, the Mozart, Beethoven, Bach symphony of bad luck, which was myself in the World Cup 2014, which. Uh... So, Jared, I want to address that 100 <laughs> percent. I will concede 100 percent that you had the worst single event of all time. It is actually insane what happened to you in World Cup 2014. You have a total of 184,000 calamity points for the history of golden balls. In that one event, you had 136,000, 74%, almost three quarters of your calamity points come in just one event. Exactly. And on top of it, um, you know, my World Cup 2018, while, while my, my numbers, like I actually literally didn't have any numbers in 2018. But what I plan to argue today is that, you know, and I've been watching under quarantine, I've been watching like a lot of like Law and Order, a lot of these shows, right? And, you know, one of the big things they always love talking about is like the fruit of the poisonous tree, is that, you know, when something happens, when you have that poisonous tree, which was my 2014 World Cup, the things that come after it can be immediately, or if not directly, certainly indirectly affected by bad luck. And I plan to argue how the things that happened to me in 2014 have, I'm sorry, in 2014 have actually negatively impacted me, if nothing else, psychologically moving forward. And I think that's going to be some of the fun <laughs> of, of what we're going to get into. And furthermore, you know, I've looked at your events as well and, and to make my argument. And, you know, I have some cross-examination, again, to go back to that law and order, about some of your, uh, your big-ticket uh, negative events that happened. And I think that that's where the fun of this is going to come in as we can kind of sure, go back and forth. So I do want to bring up a, a couple things. Let's start with those early events. You talked about 2006 and 2010. I had a couple things to say. And again, and this is where, you know, we talked about this last time and I thought part of the fun was going to eventually be, you know, not only seeing the numerical value of these events, certainly saying like so-and-so got hurt or so-and-so got a red card, you know, 
um, there's a value to that. But also, again, kind of looking into, you know, what did happen? Why did it happen? You know, uh, how did it affect what was going on? So your first big event in 2006 was your Michael Owen injury, right? Michael Owen, I believe, tore his ACL yep. uh, in the third group stage game and, and not only missed the tournament, clearly, but obviously missed most of the next club season as well. But I look at a guy like Michael Owen, who is actually crafted of paper mache. Like when God created him, he created a, a human being that that did not have like actual bone and tendon and stuff is in his body. He spent like half his career hurt and was injured coming to the tournament. And while he didn't have that ACL injury, I mean, you drafted Michael Owen. Like that's a bit, like you're unlucky. Do not no mistake. But that you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna consider that a little bit of user error. And, and, and feel free. Yeah, and, uh, look, I'll, I'll concede that point. I'll, I'll concede the point that, like, you know, you take a risk with some of these guys uh, based on their history or uh, their most recent injury or whatever. But but look, Jared, I, we, we could we could really, you know, hyper focus on these things. But I, I really do think you're looking at uh, through looking at it through a very narrow lens instead of the whole picture. And again, I agree with you. You had the absolute worst single event. But how can you possibly argue against me being across the board the most screwed, right? And again, I have all the data for this, and, and I'm going to rip through it when I get a chance. But I, I just I, I want to know, like, you know, what are we focusing on here? Like one event or one draft pick, or are we looking at the I whole mean, I'm here? looking at you with a lot of, like, a lot of guys in – in tournaments that don't really matter get like suspended for yellow card accumulation or like pulling quad muscles. Whereas like, I'm looking at like, I'm looking at these big events. I'm looking at these world cups and these euros that are, you know, the, the events that you would trade in, you know, Asian cup titles and AFCON titles. I mean, we're talking about these events where we're writing letters we're coming in last place actually has a, has a real negative impact where, you know, we have where the, the bragging rights are, are far more severe. So yeah, I mean, I'm conceding the point that, that you've you've received like all these paper cuts, uh, you know these sprained ankles, these sprained wrists. But I'm getting my head chopped off here, and I and you know I think that the head chopped off is a worse injury, uh, and that's all. That's really where I'm going with it. Like I, I will concede that you've yeah, been injured I'll, more I'll, times, but like you know, I, Jared. I, I, look, I want to say this to to your point. If I can say, uh, do you want to know what my worst event I, was? I, I would love to hear this, and I think the the audience would too. Okay. My worst event was World Cup 2018. Do you know what my second worst event was? What's that? World Cup 2010. Okay? So you want to talk about – here's the thing. You're not wrong about me getting screwed and, like, you know, little paper cuts here and all these little baby tournaments. That happened. But I also got fucked in the major ones as well. My top two are the two biggest Okay, would you, if you, have you broken it down where you can see who has, uh, who has gotten the most screwed overall in all World Cups? Do you have that information offhand? If we, ju uh, if we just, yes, if we just look do. at the World Cups. Yeah, I think we, we actually kind of touched on that last time. Uh, correct. You, you are number one with 142,000. Uh, and I'm number two with 136. And in, and in euros, who who between the two of us, who has been more uh, affected by these negative events? Yeah, so Jared's in fourth place with or tied for third, 19,500. 
uh, and I'm I'm towards the bottom. So all, all I'm really doing is conceding here that yes, you've gotten on unwell- like of course your your biggest negatives are going to be World Cups because they count so much more. But what I'm just trying to say is like you you've made a you've made a meal, you've made a feast of being screwed over in your Asian Cups and your Copa Americas, and again and and the Gold Cup is especially 2017 since Monkey Rules again. No, I'm not taking that away from you. I'm just saying in the biggest events where it counts the most, like you just you haven't been the unluckiest. Like and 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 the fact that. I have been the worst in the World Cup, even though I've won one and come in second once. And then had the third one where I just got completely, like, destroyed to the point where it, it, it dramatically, like, even though we didn't have the data yet, like, I knew in my brain what happened in 2014. And it affected 2018 as well. Like, it has simply put me in a funk for, like, six years that I'm not sure I've actually been able to get out of. And that's really... Wow. I mean, that, that yeah, I mean, that is, um, that's obviously some really heavy stuff, Jared, and... Uh, I am not a certified uh, psychologist. I do not have a medical degree. Uh, I would uh, definitely direct you to a, a professional on that. Um, but it, but for the purposes of this conversation, I, I cannot confirm or deny. And I really don't have any comment on that because I don't know how you could possibly carry over that one event. Like, are you sitting there in the Euro 2016 draft two years later saying, ah, oh, geez, man, I really got screwed so bad last year. I'm going to pick like ding well, dong in with my number it, one pick. It's, it's you know funny I mean? you say that because what, what actually, uh, uh, again, I was going through this chronologically. So w- w- let's get there in a second. We were talking about Owen a little bit. And then um, in 2010, one of your big injuries or your big things was, uh, not your big injuries, I'm sorry. Uh, you had a red card to Kaká. And, you know, I've seen, I saw some special Zapruder footage of that where he almost broke that poor Ivorian's ribcage, really. And so <laughs> you can say that Kaká's this, this wonderful human and he's such a nice guy and he wouldn't hurt a fly. But, I mean, you know, he's, he's lucky he didn't end up in a, in a South African prison after that assault. So, hey, look, Jared, I, I see what you're trying to do here. And, I, look, I, I get it. it. You know, it's fun banter and everything. But here, here's the reality, right? We created a system, you and I, we agreed on it, and we assigned values, right, for not just the incidents, but also how much they're worth. And then we we just put them into the calculator machine and turned them out. What you're now doing is trying to, like, put a, a subjective assessment on certain incidents of calamity and try and devalue them. And that, sir, I take offense to, actually, a little well, bit. Well, you know, I, I think it's important just to think about what, what did happen and how unlucky, you know, someone really gets. I think that has to be part of it. And I understand the math is there. And we talked about this last time about subjective versus objective. But, again, you know, and I, but I, even then, I would argue that this data can be considered subjectively because, again, we can each put different importance or, or levels of importance on different data. Like, for example, you are looking at uh, the data that says, you know, overall, most points across the board, most adjusted incident across the board. And from that perspective, I can't argue it. You're absolutely right. But I can also look at World Cups and Euros and say that my numbers are higher than yours. And again, that's objective data too, but we are still subjectively interpreting what we do to be important about it. So I think there is an, an inherent subjectivity and you could argue what Sure, what and, and you remember important. I said on the first, remember I said on the first podcast, I said, well, all we did was, the main thing that we did was calculate the objective data, just incidents of calamity. A red card is a red card. An injury is an injury for X number of games, right? And, but you can assign your own value to this stuff. Put different quantifiers, different multipliers on it that you want to do. That's fine. But like, 
the, the numbers that we spat out were the ones that we kind of agreed on. Uh, but if you want to do a different one, go for it. But you have to calculate it. You can't just sit here and be like, well, you know, this guy was kind of injured a little bit. So I don't know if it's if it should be that much. Well, go ahead and calculate it. Like, but with your own uh, like kind of scientific like approach based on numbers that you assign to like, uh, oh, he was kind of injured going into it or has a propensity to injury. So I'm going to devalue that incident of calamity, which I'd be totally fine. with. Did we I, I just I remember we looked at something. I know it came down to one of the World Cups and we talked about players who might have been. I don't really, uh, I'm trying to remember which one this was. I don't and I don't know if you can or not. I'm genuinely curious. I know some, we were talking about, a, uh, I think in one of the drafts, it was either maybe it was Euro 12 or, or World Cup 2010, where our draft was pretty early and we had got, it was before the final rosters were actually completed. So we had players that like, did, people that were drafted uh, did not make yes. the final roster. Did, were those people, did those people receive uh, points for those players that were not picked to final rosters? Uh, to, my recollection, to my recollection, there were one or two of those um, and I did not assign value to those. Okay, would you say that those should have been assigned then? I mean, obviously you didn't because you didn't pick them, but what was your, I'm sorry, what was your... Um... No, I, I thought of it. I thought of it. I just didn't uh, view an incident of calamity as uh, a guy that you thought that was in the group of 30 not getting picked for the group of 23. So, for example, I, I'm, now that I was actually able to pull it up where you're talking. So, like, Frank Ribery was drafted in 2014, ninth round. Um, he ended up, you know, we knew he had an injury. We weren't sure if he was going to be on the team. He ended up not making the team, and then he was eventually dropped. So what you're saying is there was no calamity for that Ribery pick, as an example? Uh, that I would have to go back into it. Which event was uh, that? World Cup 2014. Okay, World Cup 2014. Find Ribery. Uh, okay, right. And then let's go to, real quick, sorry to the listeners. You're hearing us do this on the fly find Ribéry in OBO stats. Correct. Ribéry was not given. Okay, so... That was Manny's in World Cup 2014, yep. and I had judged that to be uh, just a poor choice. Okay. As opposed to an incident of calamity. So, again, and I'm not arguing that right or wrong. I'm just, again, just as this is the look into the mythologies, uh, methodology so people can, you know, determine their conclusions. So you would say that a, a guy who is injured that doesn't make the team, not calamity, um... And I know that with other players who, you know, uh, like a Wayne Rooney in Euro 2012 who was hurt uh, coming into the tournament, didn't play the first couple games. I know we didn't count that. So, But a player that came into a tournament injured, gave it a go, and then got hurt again, that did become an incident of calamity. That's the breakdown that we that we created. Yeah, and, and by the way, there's only, what again, like one yeah, or two I'm just, again, I'm just, things that I'm just, could be. This is, again, for my own kind of uh, knowledge. It's just yep. to see what we're, you know, where that line is. Just because I mentioned the Owen thing and I know he was hurt and, and we still can it. And that's fine. Okay. So the other thing I'm I want to say about my, uh, so really get back to my 2014 World Cup again, this, this incredible event. Yes. Now, uh, the, the, the first big event uh, that I think that's probably the one that also got me the, the, most, um, the most negative points was my fourth round pick, uh, Marco Royce, uh, like two days after our draft, ended up, I believe, pulled a, did something to his leg in a training, got an injury, and was replaced on the on the roster. So I lost my fourth round pick. Now, this is the earliest uh, pre tournament injury that we've ever had in all the tur- uh, uh, in all the tournaments we've ever. Or I'm sorry, of all the Euros and World Cups, of all the two in the two big tournaments, this was the number one most affecting injury situation. 
And I just want to say this again for my own benefit, that the second most effect, earliest draft pick that was hurt and missed the tournament was also one of my players in Euro 2012. That was Avika Olic, who I think was like a sixth round pick. Now, if the Marco Royce injury was the only thing, the only piece of bad luck I had ever had in a, turn, in a Golden Balls tournament, I would still finish the fourth unluckiest player ever. Like one guy, one injury, that's how devastating that injury was. Now, up to that point, up to the beginning of that 2014 World Cup, I came in second in the original World Cup. I won the second World Cup, came in second in the original Euro. So that point, top three or top two every single time. Now, the now if we can assume, and I don't know that we can assume, but let's say that, you know, Marco Royce was a starter for the World Cup champion Germany, as it turns out. And let's say that Marco Royce starts most, if not all, of those games. Now, the guy who probably started instead was a guy by the name of Mario Goza. Mario Goza had 36 points in the tournament, including the World Cup winning goal. So if Goza doesn't start all those games on Jeff's team, and Marco Royce starts all those games and, and plays about as well as Goza did, like I might, might very well win that World Cup. Like, I did lose by quite a bit. I could I'm not saying I did. I would have. Correct. And, and this is the point that we touched on last time, which was this cascading right. effect and the compounding effect and everything. But I think, Jared, the problem with that approach is that it all, it, 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 you know, it comes down to speculation. Really. Yes. And I, you, you, just don't, you just don't know. And what I have for you are hard facts, right? Hard data, right? And here are the numbers again. You had 184,000 total calamity points, but 136,000 of them just in the World Cup, 74,000. But if you look at the rest of your file, right, if you go, if you go, you know, the, the owner by owner, okay, you got nothing going on, man, okay? There's, there's, you know, nothing in 06. In World Cup 2010, you had a red and a missed PK, right, and, and uh, Nigel de Young suspension, right? The Olich thing in World Cup 2012, and then after that, dude, it's nothing. It's like at best one event, one incident per event. And here's the thing, right? Again, you, I don't want to get into speculation, right? But if you take that one event, that World Cup 2014 out, you fall to sixth overall for calamity points and fifth place for the amount of points per incident, right? And guess what? The calamity points per event, you are dead fucking last. Okay, take my worst event out, which was that World Cup 2018, where I had 64,000 calamity points, which is no slouch. I'm still in a comfortable second place overall for calamity points, second place overall per incident. And Jared, I am still first overall for calamity points per event played. I'm like the fucking Tony Gwynn of golden balls what was his stat that he could strike out the next 900 times and still bat 300 okay so these stats that matter across the board right even if you take my worst thing out i'm still first you can't compare the two and then bring it to like the podium too. bring it to the medals all right we have both played 14 events right i have seven gold medals one silver two bronzes and you have a gold and a silver so for every event, right, I, I medal 71% of the time. So basically three out of every four events we do, I'm in the top echelon of being screwed. 
you make the echelon at a 14% rate. I just I can't take these comparisons based on speculation and subjective whatever of of, 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 of judgment of my, my draft picks. But maybe, okay, so let's talk about that for a second. You, you draft a lot of guys who either get hurt or do really bad things on a soccer field. Maybe that's not luck anymore. No, no, it's not about doing bad things on a soccer field. Well, red cards are bad things. They might be, they might be, they might be events that don't happen very often, but they're not, but they're still guys. I've never drafted Sergio Ramos. I've never drafted Pepe. I've never drafted those guys. A red card that happened to Kaká. How many freaking red cards does he have in his life? I'm just saying, if they keep happening to the same people, is it really luck anymore? Well, Jared, that's what the insane thing is. And that's why we needed to quantify all of this because it, look, this is beyond me being above the average. This is beyond me even being an outlier. This is beyond an outlier. And if you could, Jared, I'm going to go into these, these data points here. And, and at, the expe- at the risk of, of losing the crowd, I really, I really want to point this home, okay, which is that, all right, total incidence of calamity in all events is 176. So across all the golden balls, events that we have had, there have been 176 injuries, suspensions, red cards, Miss PKs, etc. I have 34 of those, which is 19.3%, with an incident per event average of 2.43, which is tops. So almost two and a half bad things happen out of my control to me per tournament. Okay. The total number of injuries and suspensions. Now remember, this is the incidence of games missed. Those do not include things for missed PKs, own goals, red cards, is 120. So there have been 120 injuries and suspensions. I have 29, which is 24.2%. And then I also calculated the total number of games missed due to injuries and suspensions. That is 296 games missed. I have 78, which is 26.4%. Okay. Now, of course, these are the raw numbers. What about the modified value? Remember that we calculated the value of an injury and suspension by multiplying the number of games missed for the incident by the draft round quintile multiplier. So basically, the more games missed and the higher the draft pick, the more valuable the incident. The total value of all injuries and suspensions in all events is 900. My slice of that pie, Jared, is 30.7% with 276 total value points of injuries and suspensions. That is more than second and third place combined. Also, keep in mind, these are the numbers having had 11 historical participants in the Golden Balls, eight of whom who have played eight or more of the 14 events. So we're not counting like the Knicks and the Renatos. And again... I know that I've played the max number of tournaments and others have played less, so I naturally should have more, but check this out. Compared to Jared, you, who is the only other who has played all 14 events, you have 18 total incidents, remember I have 34, at an average of 1.29 per event, remember I have 2.43, with a total of 13 injuries and suspensions, whereas I have 29 for a total of 41 games missed, I have 78. And how about averages? We can mitigate for some having played more or less events by calculating the averages of incidents, either by category or by event. My average value per injury suspension incident was 19.71, dwarfing all others. The average average, right, so like the median, was 8.23, so I had more than twice that. Now again, I know that some tournaments are more valuable than others, so check it out when you add the adjusted value. Remember that we calculated that value of all calamitous incidents 
to reflect the group's emphasis on that particular tournament. This calculation was done by multiplying the initial value by the power ranking multiplier from the website. World Cups were times 2,000, all the way down to Confed Cup times 250. Injury suspension were the values discussed before. All one-offs like own goals and missed PKs were just one. Now listen to this, boys. The total amount of adjusted incident calamity for all Golden Balls events was 912,150, like I mentioned earlier in the pod. I ran away with this one as well, over 224,000 points, which is almost 25% of the total. To again mitigate for the fact that I've done more events than everyone, we calculated the adjusted value per event, where I topped that list at 16,029 points per event. That is insane. The average, the median, is 7,920. So again, I'm getting more than twice the median average. We talked about the two categories that I don't run away with, so I'll skip over that part. But to summarize, and this is what boils it down for me, Jared, right? which is that remember those metal rankings that we tabulated, right? Call it the podium index or whatever. Scroll down to the bottom of that tab and you'll find the total number of golds, silvers, and bronzes. Everything you need to know about my experience of the golden balls vis-a-vis calamity can be found in that one number at the top of the gold medals list. Seven. Yes, you heard it right. I was the owner who was struck by the most calamity in seven out of the 14 events that have been done which is obviously a cool 50%. May I remember, may I remind you that these are not general manager errors, choices between goalkeepers for a round, or dressing one player over the other, which of course, Jared, I also suck at, right? But these are purely incidents of bad luck that are entirely out of the control of the owner. The second closest gold medal tallies are with the Meadows. Gord and Jeff each have two. Andy, Jared, and Nabil have one each, and the rest are zero. I rest my case. I mean, it just sounds to me like you get ruined lucky in, in tournaments that aren't that big a deal. That you know, it just it's to me, it's not the same as having that shit happen again. Like my, but Jared, my, the tournaments that don't matter have low multipliers. I understand, so but I'm just saying, I'm, just saying I'm saying that when it comes to World Cups, when it comes to Euros, I have more negative points than you in the two biggest tournaments. Both of them, I do. And again, like, and I understand that we've talked about subjectivity for subjectivity. And I do also want to point out that, and, and here's where, here's the intersection of subjective and objective. I will tell you this. And I also okay. literally lost a tournament by three points. Okay. And it was a small tournament. So I'm not saying I lost the World Cup or anything, but I lost a tournament by three points because of an injury that had a value of 1,750 points. That's nothing. That is a nothing amount of points in the big team. We're talking about 200,000 points. Yep. And so, yeah, there are tournaments where you had maybe 50, 60,000 calamity points and you finished in seventh. So, yeah, you were unlucky, but you were unlucky to not finish fifth. I'm talking about, oh, I'm yeah, talking yeah. about, I, 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 I'm okay. talking about I, I unlucky as to like, and, and to, to taking like really having situations where your final, your ability to either win or not, or your ability to like really come in like a top two or not is dramatically impacted by those events that happen. And that's what the joke I made about the paper cuts versus like the head being chopped off is that like when, like, and again, I, we, we, it's part of it is speculation. I, I can see that point, but like, it's very possible. I come in maybe like second or first in world cup 2014. If Royce, 
Aguero, Di Maria, and Suarez. Like, those are four fuck, like, and the Suarez thing, like, fuck. Like, yes, that's an unfortunate answer, but I'll be the first to see that him biting a dude is not, like, the most catastrophic, like, you could never see it coming event of all time, because Luis Suarez, like, that's who he is. Now, it counts as a, as a calamitous event, but, like, I, we couldn't really be shocked by it. But, like, you have that. And then, as I said, like, I, the one I just referenced, Gold Cup 2019. And by the way, I lost that by three points to a family member, which, except for the Meadows, like, you can't even fucking conceive of what that feels like. Like, oh, Jeff, Jeff is upset about, like, losing the AFCON by, like, 10 points to Manny, which is bad. Don't get me wrong. But, like, knowing it's, like, a fucking family member is just, like, that's calamity points we can't even measure. Like, that's, un- that's infinity calamity points, really, when you think about it. <laughs> And, and, and again, Jared, I agree with you, and I will. I will say three things about this. First, you're, you're really milking this World Cup 2014. Oh, dude, again, well, it's a World I Cup. It's, with it's you, a... But you are, you are, you're, you're milking the fuck out of it. Uh, and uh, two, um, you're really milking the fuck out of this World Cup 2014. <laughs> and three is my same point. Okay, and and here's how it here's how... but but I would invite you I would invite you to um, take the data that we have comprised and and to inject that subjective value or modifier or whatever into it. I think that would be a really interesting and, and thing. And which I do plan Again, on the doing. Place I'm just coming from is objective. And yeah, I do want to add one that. more thing about 2018 World Cup. Um so Again, even though we didn't have the data at this point, I actually can point to like some evidence that I actually was affected by the 2014 draft. One of those things is that I actually traded for Marco Royce in the 2018 World Cup as like to try and make good for the fact that I lost him in 2014. Like I was like, I need him back. Like, I, 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 I drafted this man. I love this player. I have his jersey in my closet. Great player. Love watching him play. And I traded for him again. <laughs> and, then, and then I would also like to add one more incident of calamity that is not counted here in the 2018 World Cup. And I know you're going to laugh okay. at this and you're going to blow it off, but I really want you to think about things that you cannot expect to happen. One of my big strategies in 2018 is I, for the second straight World Cup, I went pretty heavy on players from Colombia. You know, your Yeri Minas, your Davinson Sanchez, your Santiago Ar- um, Arias. No, I didn't have Armero. I had three. I think I, well, Armero was 2014, but in 2018, I again oh, drafted okay. their goalies and like three defenders. And again, and uh, Quadrado I had, I went big on Colombia. And like, and you know, I, and lately when I did this, I thought, okay, if they can win their group, I saw a path to the semifinals for them, a potential one. And what happened is they actually did the most unforeseen incident of calamity anyone has ever done in a World Cup, and that is they lost on penalties to England, and England has never fucking won penalties ever, so you know that's an incident of calamity. (laughs) That is so good. All right, we'll do a deep dive into that. Uh, And and while you're at it, when you're doing the subjective stuff, right, talk about, you know, Gord's uh, love for English midfielders and talk about, you know, this, that, and the other thing and and whether those subjective, uh, 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 what would you call them, habits or uh, predispositions and how they factored into the And just to finish finish this up, and again, I I will continue to do this, but just to to pick at you a little bit more because that's the spirit of this conversation, a couple more of your events Mm. that I can subjectively look at and be like, well, really, like, so like one of your big events, right, that you lost a lot of, or that you had a lot of calamity points for, that was Tiago Silva missing the 2014 semifinal. So that was obviously zero points for your fantasy team. And if he had played, I would say Brazil maybe loses that semifinal, I don't know, like 5-1 instead of 7-1, and you still get zero points. Um, 
World Cup 2018, you had injuries to both Marcelo and Danilo, and you would think at a certain point you would start drafting Brazilian defenders, sir, because obviously that just does not work. Really Brazilians at all, but you might just want to steer clear of Brazil for a little while um, <laughs> and all that. And another big injury that I saw that you had uh, in your Whitney was in the Asian Cup uh, this year. I think you're one of your early draft picks that got hurt um, was Nakajima from Japan. And I think that if he played in that tournament, had a decent tournament, it would have brought you all the way from seventh place to a finish of seventh place. So, Correct, Jared. And, and again, I invite you to do that analysis. I think I made it very clear from the beginning what my approach was, was to view these objective incidents in a vacuum and not so much how they affected, not just, you know, the act, how they were affected in the tournament themselves, but also how they affected us on a golden balls level, right? right? This was purely in a vacuum, just the incidents. And we assigned and that. So, and so where we'll leave it off for the fans to, and the listeners to decide is that again, and, and forgetting all the subjectivity for a second, I know we had the banter with that, but what it really does come down <laughs> to is what side of the fence do you fall on? And there's both legitimate arguments for both. One is that, are you looking at, are we looking at the total number just flat out across every event, even with adjustments, saying that, you know, the 50 injuries in the Asian Cup and, and the Gold Cup and the Oceania Cup or whatever else Stroh got screwed in is worth more than being decimated in the World Cup and the Euros. And again, individual, individual mileage may vary. And I think that's why we wanted to have this conversation and kind of debate the two of us, because I think we, we looked at these numbers and said, man, like, like we're both pretty unlucky in our own way. Um, you know, and someone else could probably argue some other third way to try and interpret the data that says they're the unluckiest. And we would encourage anyone to do that. We are going to do a dive uh, coming up on some of the other interesting things we found that aren't the two of us. I know that you guys have now been listening to us banter about each other. and You guys want to know about your own teams. And we're going to do that. We're actually going to do that very soon, hopefully, uh, you know, either over the weekend or maybe early next week. Um, but again, that is the, the and I think, Stro, you will agree with me. The crux of the argument is actually whether we're counting you know, whether it's whether the World Cup and the Euros just just overwhelm the other stuff or not. There is data that says it doesn't, but there is data, you know, that you can interpret that a different way that says maybe it does. Is that about where we kind of leave off on this one? I, I think that's it is one of the interesting thing about data is that it is up to interpretation, even though they are hard facts and numbers, you can still interpret them certain ways so yes i would invite everyone to take a look at it themselves they have the link to the spreadsheet they have my original email uh and now they have this podcast to sort of ponder uh and it would be really interesting to to see what what people think and yes to sort of piggyback on your teaser for the next episode uh we have a great deep dive into jeff metam uh especially as it pertains to afcon uh we'll get a good laugh out of that one um, there are two pairs that are very interesting to me, two participants um, who are almost lockstep with each other um, throughout the course of their Golden Balls experience. Um, there are three, see if you can guess them and which event they were in, three participants who have won that title despite meddling in terms of being one of the top three most calamitous uh, uh, owners uh, and then there's Nabil. Uh, we'll throw that one in at the end, just for fun. All right. Is there anything else that you want to add? I know we've we've obviously been going for a while on this uh, 45 minutes now. Actually, it seems like it flew by. Is there anything else you want to add on this little on this little thing that we've done today before we, as you just finally pointed out, you know, talk about some of the other participants uh, in our next in our next meetings? Is there anything else you want to add before we let you go? 
Uh, no, that's that's pretty much it, Jared. I mean, thanks for having me, man. I, I, I buzz off of this stuff. This is, you know, one of one of the things that, that keeps me going, man. And I just love Golden Balls. I love talking to you and everyone else about Golden Balls. Uh, so thanks for having me. Uh, I clearly am the most screwed uh, person in Golden Balls, and I'll just leave it. Interpretatingly, that is one man's <laughs> argument. Uh, I, again, I thank Mike for coming on the show again, and we're going to have him back very soon to talk about you other people. Uh, thank you one more time, Mike, and we'll be back right after this to wrap up this episode of the Golden Balls podcast. Okay, that was about 45 minutes with Stro debating who is unluckier, uh, we both have our arguments. They both have their uh, their pluses, probably both have their minuses. But either way, I think it was an interesting conversation. As Stro mentioned, next time we speak, we are going to talk about some of the other interesting um, information he has found concerning the other players in the game. You know, he kind of mentioned those examples, and I look forward to hearing that as well. And I'm sure that you guys do as well. As usual, if there's anything that you think of while listening to this show, that you think would be uh, interesting or something that we should discuss, definitely let us know. Uh, and, you know. As we said, we already have that coming up. We have the uh, the subjective, objective look that we kind of referenced coming up soon. Uh, and we also have a couple other ideas kicking around for other things uh, that we can do as we, you know, as we uh, kind of continue through this summer that we thought was going to be a lot busier. I do want to throw in, though, that we have decided on a lark to do the MLS's back tournament this summer. It's kind of for fun just to get our fix. And there will be some podcasts around that as we get closer to that tournament and during that tournament as well. Uh, still trying to figure out the specifics of that one. MLS has taken their sweet time in telling us what exactly they plan on doing, which makes all of our lives a little bit more difficult. But um, you know, as I said, once that gets going, we will have some shows about that as well. So even though the, uh, the summer is not what we thought it might be, I think we're still going to find our way to keep ourselves busy. Um, I do hope you enjoyed our 45 minute conversation with Shro, and I do hope you join us again next time on the golden balls podcast. <laughs>